says, get that India, big boy. Hello and uh, welcome back to a rather sombre edition of the Tip Sheet. It's an instant reaction podcast following Parramatta's heartbreaking loss to the Penrith Panthers in the Week 2 final. Uh, 60s, mate, you're here with me as always. And I'm I'm your host, John, also known as 4020. I've got my orders all mixed up there, but it's a, it's a bit like that at the moment, mate. Oh, mate, um, these instant reactions aren't easy when it's a match like that. I've spent the last hour and a half yelling at the television on the edge of your uh, yelling at yelling at the at the referee yelling at the football gods yelling and praying at whoever I can and unfortunately my prayers weren't answered I'll give you the tip there it, um look I have to say that I'm incredibly proud of our team's effort it was just if anyone's critical of Parramatta coming out of that uh, out of tonight's game. Sure, you might p- pick up moments, but in a game where literally no call went their way, like literally no call went their way, and where there, where I know that it would not necessarily have worked out this way because Penrith got uh, other penalties from right in front of the posts, but where that particular penalty on Will Smith. That nothing penalty Hit him where across the solar plexus the around the chest didn't make any contact with the head, and where that becomes the point of difference in the in the match, then uh, yeah. Anyway, I'll let, 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 let alone I'll, the fact I'll that once back a, to you mate for some for some stats I, maybe I, just we, while I compose myself. Look, we don't want a ref's fault or ref's blame, but geez, there's got to be some accountability from client after this, and we'll get to that later. Let's do the tail of the tape, hey? Unfortunately. You know, Parramatta's final hit out of 2021. And I'll tell you this before we get to the numbers, that if uh, anyone wants to come on and have a go at any player or coach after this game, then they are just dog shit. Uh, they, the 17 players, the coaching staff, everyone there left it all on the field. That was an incredible performance. And, yeah, okay, let's just, let's just get to it, mate. Mate, all I will say is if there are certain people in certain quarters who who want to take that narrative, who and it, and it's a... It's a narrative that is totally against what the majority of Parramatta supporters feel. But if anyone wants to take that narrative, they can shove it where the sun doesn't shine. No, no joke, mate. That's all I'm going to say on that. So, <sighs> and on that note, let's get into the tail of the tape, as I said before. Week till the finals, and, and let's and let's let's concentrate if we can on the positive. Oh, there is about pl- there is plenty of, plenty of great stuff to talk about in this game. But yeah, the numbers as they were, week two of the finals up in Mackay, the Penrith Panthers prevailing eight to Parramatta six in what will go down as one of the best finals of the modern era, I think. One try apiece, uh, state of origin type defense. The hits just the, throughout the entirety of the game were ridiculous. But for the Panthers, it was a Kurt Capewell try in the 16th minute um, off a grubber kick that got them their sole uh, four-pointer, Nathan Cleary adding... One conversion and a highly contentious penalty conversion that Sixties pointed out earlier for the Eels. Wanga Blake also scoring off a kick off a towering Mitchell Moses bomb uh, with Mitch converting from in front. And that was just the two tries and, and that was the, the difference there, the two points there from the 
Smith penalty. Uh, Eels slightly ahead in possession, 51 to 49%. Time of possession equally favoring the Eels slightly by about a minute, 29.59 to 28.49 for Penrith. Both teams completing at an excellent uh, click given the uh, physicality and intensity of this game. Penrith 86%, 38 from 44. Parramatta 84%, 36 from 43. Uh, Eels actually ahead in a lot of the, in all the attacking categories. Uh, more runs, more run meters, more post contact meters, more line breaks, more tackle busts. Just that was 36 to 35 there. So better average set distance, which is phenomenal considering some of the uh, territorial beatings they took early on there. Uh, Penrith for the faster play to ball speed 3.44 to 3.69. Then going down. To defense, both teams defending reasonably well. 89.1% effective tackle rate for the Panthers, 87.1% for the Eels. And then probably the big one, 60s. Uh, in the negative plays, both teams very similar. Nine errors from Penrith, 10 to Parramatta. And it would have been nine apiece if it wasn't for that unfortunate knock-on at the end for Junior where he, he probably wasn't expecting the ball, I think. But uh, the ruck infringements, Penrith conceded four, uh, some of which came <laughs> in uh, rather un. How, what, what's the what, what's the term we use for it when you get the you can see the six again on the first tackle so there's little disadvantage there but they conceded four to parameters two but crucially seven penalties to two Penrith's favour which didn't feel like a correct refle- a correct reflection of the contest. <sighs> In terms of the individual stats, mate, the, there was a lot of guys that just performed fantastically. Gufferson had uh, nearly 250 meters. Hayes up at 200 meters. He had a fantastic game. Hayes Dunster. Uh, across the back line, Will Penasini and Blake Ferguson both getting up over 100. Reg and Junior at 151 metres apiece. Uh, Murata, 116. Uh, off the bench, Ice, 124. Ryan Madison off the bench and lock forward, doing very well in that new role, 135 metres. In terms of the tackle busts, Hayes had seven. Uh, Junior Polo, six. Guff, uh, the back line, Gufferson, Penasini, Blake, all got free. Bryce Cartwright off the bench, broke the time, the tackle three times. And then in terms of the tackle count, uh, the most impressive for the Eels, Dylan Brown, 35 tackles at 5'8", missed free, but still phenomenal work there. Uh, Ray Stone got through 40 tackles, 42 tackles, sorry, and then the entire starting pack, 37 for Junior, 35 for Laney, 37 for Simba, and then off the bench, 25 tackles for Madison, 19 for Cartwright, 27 for Ice, 17 for Will Smith, who played across a number of positions in this game. So, uh, so many players in that 17 deserve to be shouted out because that game was torrid. That was legitimately a grand final in terms of intensity. Uh, I, I, I think you almost need to come up with a, a scale of brutality because uh, that one was one of the most brutal and um, tense games I think I've had to watch. I, I can't imagine what it would have been like to have watched live. What a pity that these this contest between in the you know the great western sydney derby couldn't have been played in front of a, a crowd of 60 70,000 at um down at the olympic stadium at, at um olympic park a game where that the crowd get involved in that final push and they just give the energy and you know instead we played in front of i think it was 7,000 sold out at mckay and that's that's fantastic for you know country queensland there to get out and get the final but it certainly felt like a game where just that final 1%, right, that the crowd can give you the juice. It just wasn't there. And I, I really can't articulate how proud I am of this team because, you know, going fast forward or reverse, not fast forward, reverse back obviously to when we met Penrith last time 
and we end up losing, I believe, 13-12, right, 60s? Yeah, and, yeah. And that, that was sort of what started the the rot, I suppose, that led to that month-long decline. And, you know, we'll, no one gave us a chance. You know, the, the media were jumping right onto the, you know, is this Brad Arthur's last season sort of narrative and, you know, Parramatta need a clean out and haven't got enough superstars. And they, you know, built themselves back up, knocked over Melbourne came into the finals, had a, a win against Newcastle who played, and this is what really lost in the media, probably played their best game of the season. Physically, were up for the contest last week and Parramatta were too good and then they come into this game and like this, and that, that, that's why it hurts so much because the boys, they, they didn't leave anything out there. They they wanted that game so badly. You know, right from the start when Dylan Brown cuts down Nathan Cleary to stop the opening points and then Ferguson gets up and, and and out and across to push Burton into touch with Will Penasini and uh, it might have been Gufferson coming across and cover defence. They were so up for this and they, they held on for 80 minutes and they held on in the face of significant adversity. Uh, Ashley and at no, stage, at no stage lost composure no. In, in, no. in any way at all. And, and you might say that uh, the, the drop ball towards the end from Junior was a loss of composure. It was... It was basically not having a regular dummy half yeah. at there because that that hesitation, unfortunately, that Stoney made when Jim he was deciding where the pass was going to mm-hmm. go and he was like, um, he mistimed it on where Junior's run was and maybe you could say Junior should have taken that pass, but it was... It, he in the end, he wasn't expecting it because he basically run past the spot. Yeah, Junior was not expecting that ball at all. No. No, and that's as I said. It 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 really it really was. Yeah, it's unfortunate that uh, much has been made about um, the injury run that the Roosters have had this year. But when Parramatta loses all three dummy halves within their club, that that turned out to be quite a significant loss you, for you the season. You so. don't account for going down three dummy halves, do you? There's, there's only so much roster construction you can do. To, to account for, you know, three dummy halves getting injured, including, you know, two pretty robust guys in, in Marnie and Lusick that had uncharacteristically, you know, poor luck with injuries towards the back end of the season. And then, obviously, Nathaniel Roach, he's a little bit different. He's had a checkered past and the checkered history of injuries, sorry, in the past. And so that's, you know, understandable. But he was buried down in the depth as well. So, unfortunately for Stoney, you know, after last week where he was, you know, clinical from dummy half, this game, the... the the physicality, the the you know, the just the energy sapping defense got to him, and there was a couple of errors. First two were legit, you know, there were little bobbles there, but geez, the third one was a terrible call from Ashley Klein. He he should be embarrassed about that one, calling a forward pass there when the ball clearly travels backwards. It was a terrible pass from Ray Stone. Don't get me wrong, he'd want that one back a hundred percent, but he it was a dribbler to Mitchell Moses who picked it up. There was no indiscretion there, and that was a big turning point there too. I'll give you the tip. I don't believe you'll be in the slightest bit embarrassed because um, if he's if he's embarrassed about that, then um, there'd be embarrassment about the missed strip on Gutherson, um, where it should have been six again inside Penrith's quarter. Should have been a penalty. Should have been. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yes, should have been a penalty, and that would have been an opportunity to take the two um, or we, to go for the try, whichever way we felt. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I actually, I actually. Well, you, you've, wasn't been, even you've been you've been indoctrinated by climate. Yeah, 
Oh, yeah, yeah it, you're right. It should have been. It should have been a, a penalty there. It's it's like for all the soft penalties, and I'm gonna look. I'm gonna say that um, there was uh, obvious the obvious one from Murata that was deserved, and he, he wouldn't have been playing next week had we got through. Um, but there was one there from from Reg where he basically just grabbed the um, Penrith player by the collar and pulled him back. There was the there was the um, other one where. Um, I can't remember who the Penrith player was, but he basically ran into Nukore. So um, I, they, they, again, they I, turned I, the ball I, over on the same play. Yeah, so yeah, I, and I can't believe with that one because that was again another case where they they went back and it and it changed other, the other uh, bugbears for me before the first Penrith try where they got the six again off the Will Penasini unintentional touch. Nathan Cleary runs behind two or three players and a clear Shepherd. But the yeah. Penrith challenged it, and the referee didn't go back to look at that. So all all eight of Penrith's points having direct influence from Ashley Klein, unfortunately. But yeah, less less said about Klein, the better, because I don't know. Brad's we're, we're recording obviously post game now. I think Brad's up in his press conference now, so I'm not sure if he's going to tee off. Um, for how about how about we pause to hear what he what he has to say, and we'll come back. Okay, we'll, to recording. We will pause and be back with the magic of our post. See you guys in uh, a few minutes. A few moments later. And we are back. So we've had the luxury of being able to watch Brad and his exit presser. Folks following that, uh, lost to Penrith and 60s. So some strong words there. I think that's as uh, close as Brad's ever going to sail to the wind when it comes to criticizing officials. And uh, to paraphrase what Brad was uh, going off about, he, he believes that Ivan Cleary's carry-on across the last fortnight had an influence on certain calls in this game, um, and the, the media pressed him on that, and he didn't want to go so far as to you know directly out Klein and the NRL for being influenced, but he certainly felt that way, and he also called out a number of moments in the second half where that Ferguson line break that led to Will Penasini getting tackled off the ball, and Mitchell Moses in the same play, I believe, getting tackled off the ball, and as to how every time Parramatta had a bit of ascendancy momentum, there was a stoppage in play, um, including what is going to be a contentious moment, I think, at the end of the game with uh, the Reg, the Reagan Campbell-Guard big run off the dropout where Mitch Kenny was left behind and they got a free interchange somehow um, when they had none left or, or weren't able to use one. So I don't know if that's going to warrant an investigation or anything like that, but Brad clearly upset that this game wasn't refereed even remotely close to 50-50 in his opinion. Yeah, well, that's probably been the the most. I don't. I don't think animated's the right way to describe how BA speaks. But uh, he was probably the most angered. I think that I've seen him at a press conference where he's he has literally called out. First of all, uh, those particular calls that are meant that have been mentioned. The uh, involvement of the bunker in decisions uh, where the play was sent back for a review of something that had happened before and yet as he said when um, that movement with Ferguson's break down the sideline that Will Penasini was taken out of the play as was Mitch I'll, Moses. I'll add another Chase. one that Brad didn't call out was right at the end Quinton Gufferson makes a break from a kick return and Nathan Cleary very deliberately Tangles him up to stop the fast play the ball from the half line break, which we got a six again for. But that is a, that's a professional foul, and you know Klein once again six again, but no penalty, no sin bin. 
Yeah. Um, uh, look, I, I, I want to make it perfectly clear that um, my, I, I'm not suggesting um, any untoward with regard to Penrith or with regard to their credentials as a as a team or as the winning team in this what i what i am concerned about in when we're looking at this is that uh, let, let's go back and call it the football gods again um it it just seemed to be that it just never fell Parramatta's way, even when it seemed obvious that a decision should have fallen Parramatta's way. And that's probably the part of my post-match thoughts where I'm I'm feeling the most angered by it. But I, I do want to get back to just talking about some of the positives in this game. So Good call. Uh, you, you, you mentioned about the um, just how how much how invested the team were in this performance and you called out i think first of all um dylan brown's chase to cut down uh nathan cleary when it looked like he was sailing away for the first points and then uh the follow-up with that scramble out wide to um take the panthers over the sideline in the following play the ball but we literally saw it all night how the eels scrambled on their own line against uh, the amount of possession that the Panthers had, and, and you have to put it in context with uh, Penrith's attack this year, the number of points that they scored, for them to be limited, first of all, to one try, um, and and people might turn around and say, look, Parramatta had the opportunities, their attack wasn't good enough to get the opportunities that um, to, to get the win, but I, I would suggest to anyone that the amount of possession in in the each other's halves that geez as I said this is one of the proudest uh, times that I've felt about a losing performance and I'm I'm so got such mixed uh, such conflicted emotions even thinking about that because um, that's the last game of the season for them and I, I it it hurts that such um, a, a brave and um, and and what would have and should have been, I believe, a winning performance isn't a winning performance, and it marks the end of the season. I, it it really hurts. It's um, to to feel proud of a team and yet feel so empty at the same time. Yeah, the the fact that such an incredible team effort is going to win nothing, it, it feels like an injustice, doesn't it? But that once again is the the complex beauty of sports, mate. It spins such a complex tapestry that, you know, and, and if Penrith had lost too, they would have been considering themselves very unlucky, even though the, even though from our perspective, they had a lot of luck. They would have been, you know, like men, you know, to lose after an effort like they had, you know, and, and yet here we are, unfortunately, on the wrong side of the ledger in terms of history. And you come out of this season and you, you get nothing for it, but geez. You know, and that, that was the other thing that we didn't bring up from Brad's presser is that at the end they sort of pressed him on players being eligible to sign elsewhere from from November 1 and, you know, a lot of pressure about keeping the squad together. And, you know, Brad just straight bat, uh, straight, uh, straight bat cut right through it and said, look, if, if you watch that game tonight, you could see a team that loved playing in this jersey and loved playing for each other. I've got no worries about anyone signing elsewhere. So a yeah. very, very strong statement from the head coach there. And he also... 
uh, a little bit of I think black humor from Brad, where they you know also addressed his future at the club because of the fact that it's another straight sets exit. Even though the, well, no, it's not straight sets. Well, the, 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 the media the media will spin it as straight sets going out right. in, the, in the second week. Um, although obviously the, the context this year, even though the context last year was pretty wild too with uh, the Michael Jennings stuff, but the context this year obviously wildly, wildly different. Um, an incredible game tonight by any metric, and he said that he's he's been a coach for eight years and he's been dealing with it for the entire time, so it doesn't face him, and uh, it made me chuckle at that. Brad's so unflappable, so I do appreciate that side of him there. But let's talk about the yep. players. Let's talk about the players, mate, because they deserve to be celebrated here. Um, one to seventeen. Who was your? We won't go to who was your best on field necessarily, but who do you want to talk about the most? Right up. Well, look, I think you could you could almost wrap one to seventeen in this instance because. It, Everyone found moments, didn't they, mm-hmm. to to do something that was um, that should have helped the team to a victory. Um, I thought uh, Gutherson was as close to his best as we've seen. I thought that uh, Hayes had uh, an extremely extremely strong performance. His his carries from the backfield have got better and better. With every game, he plays tough now. Uh, he plays real tough. Yeah, uh, Will Penasini. We just know what sort of a strike player he's going to be. What about the GI? <laughs> the GI on Jamie Soward, Fendi put on Matt Burton. Yeah, that that was. Yeah, I mean, and and bear in mind too, for that second half, I think Will was close to playing on one leg there. Yeah, uh, I believe he might have corked his hip um, during one of our force line dropouts down that edge, uh, one where Fergo went real close to scoring in the corner. And he he just battled through it. He put his hand up and said, "I'll stay out here and I'll, and I'll fight through it." And, and once again, defensively, so astute, had some great moments in offense. And the the best thing about Will is that he's what four or five games into his NRL career, he, his ceiling is so far up in the clouds that you know, a very very bright future ahead. Yeah, um, Fergo. Apart from that high ball that where it was fortunate that the uh, Panthers were offside. Yeah. Um, it was, but apart from that moment, again, I thought he was brave, um, strong with his carries. Uh, and, and incidentally, with that try, as it happened, I called out, they're offside in yeah. the chase. Yep. So to, I, I wasn't surprised that it came back. And, and did he get the ball down anyway? There was, oh, some, right. there was some significant question marks about whether he actually had possession going down there. Um but yeah, so one, one, I mean, Wonga Blake too had some real energetic moments there. He he also battled for a concussion on a what could have been a try, honestly. And that was another moment they didn't go back and review where uh, Kikau uh, sort of made a little bit of a, a, an adjusted line to take out Mitchell Moses on the kick chase there, and then they ruled the Quinton Gufferson pass forwards. So lots. Yeah, of I think Wonga had an outstanding back half of the season, yeah. didn't he? Wonga, for I, I don't know what clicked for him, but. He he transformed himself ever since. Uh, ever since the team went in that downward spiral, he sort of just stood up. They they swapped him. Uh, was it the South Sydney game they swapped him for the the centres there, going going way back? And I think, I, I can't recall. I think I think maybe in the South Sydney game that they swapped the centres there, and ever since he's just, you know, grown. And if he can carry that into twenty twenty two, the the Eels back line will be very potent. So. Wonderful. Likewise, um, uh, 
Dylan Brown's uh, back end of the season was getting better with every week, and it was again such a strong physical performance from him tonight. Some strong carries, uh, mixed it up nicely with Mitch there. Obviously, defensively, always outstanding. We talked about the Nathan Cleary try saver there. There, I don't think there are any other halves in the competition that make that tackle. Um, Dylan is just yeah. all heart, um, so tough, and you know and. He was one of those players that there's been a lot of speculation that Canberra are very keen on him. And I think this week he came out and sort of hosed down that speculation because it's a player option in his favour. But, you know, once again, for all the criticisms that have been levelled at Dylan, and there's a lot of legit criticism because he didn't kick on offensively this year until more recently 60s, it is so easy to forget how young he is. You know, this isn't, you know, a 26-year-old halfback that, is you know sort of just stagnating and, and not really kicking on. This kid is twenty one, you know he, he is a baby. His best football is so far ahead of him now, and we saw this year that the, the combination of him and Mitch is really taking a step forward. So really happy for what Dill did in the back end of the season, and, and tonight he was fantastic. Uh, Mitch, I don't think um, Mitch Moses could have done terribly much more tonight. No. He tried. He tried to run. Where, yep. where possible, his kicking game was excellent. Um, the game management was strong. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was a classy effort at halfback from him. Um, Regan Campbell-Gillard, um, arguably the best forward out there on the field, would you say? Reg was right up there. Um, Junior not far behind him. Uh, both played with such assertiveness physically in, in defence. They, you know, huge hits. Junior played 61 minutes, Reg 57. So like we alluded to in our, our preview, we knew we were going to lean heavily on our two starting middles there and they did not let us down. Um, they they were sensational. Uh, yeah. Um, Sean Lane, how did you rate his performance? The, the numbers the numbers don't look great. Uh, seven runs, 57 metres, uh, and then 35 tackles, four missed, three ineffective for an 83.3% effective tackling rate but I was not I mean I was not upset like I didn't have any negative impressions of Sean Lane in this game like like I know it sounds weird to say but he I think he had a decent game like I, there was a number of important tackles that I remember him making um, including a real big hit on Penrith's goal line in the second half um, when they got a little bit sideways I I was happy for what Sean did in the field even if the numbers don't look amazing but then that's more reflective of the nature of the game, wasn't it? We uh, we just didn't use him much offensively. We we played really hard for the middle, and then we we looked to use other guys when we we went expansive. Well, so the other side of the field, you had Murata, uh racking up 116 yeah. and run me so I'm, double. I'm almost uh, I'm almost shocked that it's that low because some of his carries were so dominant. He he really had the left edge of the Panthers backpedaling whenever he was cutting it up. Um, on top of that, obviously some big hits for Murata. Also got put on report twice. Once for the, uh, and I do I do laugh that if you're listening to the Fox cast, they had a real big crack at Blake Ferguson for milking a penalty and staying down. But uh, little was said when the one the, the tough guys in James Fisher Harris stayed down for the Murata tackled off the ball, and you, you, you thought he would have been shot by a sniper the way he was getting treatment. So. Yeah, the duality, yeah. duality of the competition. Yeah, we <laughs> could, we could, we could just go back and and probably raise all this over the, and over the, again. It's the eyebrow raising one here was Nathan Brown only twenty seven minutes sixties, but yeah. once again, there's always two sides of the coin. Just like you said with Murata and Lane, where you know Lane's numbers weren't particularly eye catching off the the sheet, 
Um, but on the flip side, you had Murata pumping out the numbers. Brown, quiet by his standards, although he did he did dig in early on. But we brought Ryan Madison off in a new role off the bench, and I thought he excelled through the middle. Yeah, yeah, he he did, and he's uh, he's run one hundred and thirty five meters. Um, and then, of course, you got Ice coming on and run one hundred and twenty four yeah. meters. How how close was he to Ice in the game a couple of times in, oh. that, in that last window? He he just threw everything at the goal line, and Penrith barely held on. Uh, it w- it would have been so fitting too for for Papa to win the game there, but unfortunately not to be. Um, then you you talk about off the bench there. We've already given shout outs to Papa and shout outs to Madison. Will Smith played left center when Wanga was getting his HIA. Played dummy half. Played small ball lock at times. Um, got real feisty with Tavita Pango Jr. and uh, Jerome Luai. A uh, bit, bit of bad blood there from the ex-Panther, it looks like, but uh, Smitty, wholehearted performance as always. And then um, Bryce Cartwright, thrown into the mix for 29 minutes, which I thought was a, a decent amount of football. He uh, tried the Sparkus, some good tackles and defense, some nice uh, offloads and carries. Uh, just the, the opportunities to play the short side, you know, raids and whatnot didn't really present themselves for Bryce, but I don't think it was for any fault of his own. I thought he played a good hand off the bench. Yeah, quite evasive his running style, isn't it? Yeah. He seems to be able to um, you know, evade tackles and he's credited with three tackle breaks and I'd suggest there was also a couple where they just didn't get hold of him. So, um, And uh, we've we've touched on Ray Stone as well. It was um, not, his, not one for his highlight reel um, and it's unfortunate that was the case because... Uh, defensively, Again, he was in bringing the, the hurt, the, the chainsaw, the buzzsaw. The he was cutting them in half, and it's unfortunate that he, I, I hope that fans don't go after Ray. And on social media, God knows what they're going to do. But at least on TCT, I mean, I don't mind if you're upset that he had a few knock-ons, but you have to realize or acknowledge the uh, the reality of the situation in that Parramatta down, you know, three hookers, one state of origin caliber, two probably one of the best backups in the competition. Joe Lustig has been fantastic this year. And then three, Nathaniel Roach, who, you know, evidently he's had that injuries and just bad luck again for us. But yeah, Stoney was just the literal, and it's going to sound like a backhanded, you know, statement, but the bottom of the barrel there, we didn't have anyone else left. You know, the, the deadline's come and gone to sign someone. We're in the bubble as well, so there was limiting, limiting factors there. We couldn't call on any sort of fringe prospect. And he played so well last week, and it, it, it is so unfair that that happened to him this week, right? It just, especially you know the the two errors. One was Jerome Luai getting under his cage and and you know sort of driving him backwards. So fair enough. The other one though, it, that is the sort of error you see a, a rookie dummy half make every now and then, right? Where you just you the timing's a little bit off getting to dummy half. You got options either side. You're not sure which way to go, so you're in two minds and you just have that little bobble. And you know, at, you know, in the end, it didn't cost us any points, and that—that's the crazy thing because the rest of the team lifted for Stony. But yeah, yeah, he, he has put himself firmly in the running for a round one spot in twenty twenty two, based on what he's done in the back end of the season. You know, he—that he, he—he's played so well, and it's just—he's going to be so upset for himself too after this game. You know, the between the the couple of areas there, and then the pass to Junior, obviously at the end. I think it's going to be an. It'll actually be an intriguing battle between 
him and Will Smith. Yeah, because well, I mean, I, I say I, I say that you know he deserves. Uh, sorry, Ray Stone deserves there, but Will has done himself no disservice the entirety of the season, right? Right. Like going oh, back to uh, round one. on on the on the toughness scale, man, he's a ter- he's a terrier. He's a I'm not even a terrier. He's a honey badger. You know, he he will arc. He's a t- tiny little thing, Will Smith, but he will arc up against the biggest bloke and and throw his body in front of him too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, mate. Uh, I don't know what else we can really say about uh, tonight's game. It's um, we've we've pretty much covered it in terms of the individual performances. All we maybe have to do is uh, come up with a three-two-one. Oh, and before we do that, I do want to wrap the coaching staff as well. Um, you know, oh yeah, yeah. But I, I thought I thought we might leave that for our season summary. As well, because I'm going to get in a, um, I'm going to get a cheeky little double um, double down there because they've they've copped so much, mate. You know the I, I love the Parramatta fan base because they are one of the most you know engaged and and passionate. But because of that, you, you cop some uh, very vocal criticism too. And I don't think there's a a coaching group or a head coach that have been as harshly judged for a string of outstanding results than uh, Brad Arthur and crew. So. The fact that he had us up for this game from where we were, from just the injuries, like, like, like you said, the Roosters have been played, and this isn't to take a shot at the Roosters. The the Roosters have been you know undermanned for a, quite some time this season, and they've been given the the uh, valiant underdog, you know, romantic fairy tale sort of billing for a long time. No one said anything about Parramatta being down three dummy halves coming into this game. Well, the narrative shifted yesterday when Brian Toto was ruled out of an ankle injury. He's like, oh, geez, poor Penrith. It's like, are you kidding me? You know, the the position that touches the ball the most and we're, we're missing a free, you know, very influential plays potentially. And the fact that we, we made this game as close as it was is, is such a tremendous, F, uh, tremendous reflection on, on the 17 players on the field, on the entire coaching staff, on all the auxiliary staff that got these guys up for you know, one one of the best finals games you'll see in a long, long time. I think what you said there was um, about as I was going to say fairly powerful statements. I, I, I'm I'm going to backtrack a bit, and I'll just say that what you said then was was factual. In that, for a coaching group, for a coaching department, a football department to be achieving what they're achieving, the criticism that comes the way of uh, Parramatta's football staff is absolutely ridiculous. It's um, it, it's not that they're above criticism. No. Because we, we, there's, we, been, we... There's, been, there's obviously been errors over the years, whether it be um, selections, whether it be... Um, how the how the team times its runs at different times of the year, but then you also have to counter that by saying, like for example, this year that was a horrible run that we went through, but you couldn't you couldn't say that this was even the same team over <coughs> in in this semi final sorry in this finals match that was representing the Eels back then, and yet it was the same group of players. Such was the the way that the coaching staff were able to 
turn that around with them. And it almost suggests that had had we got through this match, and I think we should have, um, with with just the tiniest bit of um, a few calls going their way, had we, had we gone through, it was almost like the, the run was being timed perfectly. The momentum was all there. And and it's almost like much much like the momentum during the match kept being stopped every time we'd had some momentum. Um, here we had the cruelest of stoppages to the eel season momentum. Yeah, and I'm just... There, there's a, I'm chatting with some mates in the Discord right now, and we just all reflect on some other moments that are in the game that could have been caught the other way, and I'm, I'm getting heated again. Oh, God, there were, there were just so many missed calls. I'm sorry. The the fact that we, we are not progressing after what we did tonight is just... It, it is so unfair. But like I said, that's why you follow sports, because in terms of, you know, everyday life and, you know, outside of doing silly things that get you into a lot of trouble. What what else can give you this range of emotions? You know, the... It's hard. It's, we're, we're both having moments where we are struggling to find the words tonight, and, and it's because you have a match like that and there are times during the match where words fail you for good and bad reasons, for, for good reasons where you're searching for the superlatives with the effort that was put in tonight and then you, you're searching for a way to adequately express your disgust at um, whether it be the bounce of the ball or the, or the call or how, how on earth something was allowed to happen, how um, a bunker becomes involved at particular times but not at other times. Um, you know, it's let's let's look back at this and say right now, and I, and we're going to talk plenty on this in our our next podcast, and we do a bit of a, a review of the season. But let's just say that this so-called closing of the premiership window for the Parramatta Reels could not be further away right now because, as we saw tonight. Blokes like Will Penasini are the future of the club. The our halves are going exceptionally well, and we'll be there again next year. And um, you know the the season campaigner Isaiah Papali, who's turning uh, twenty two in two days, uh, 20, 20, 23, sorry, in two days. Like this, the, the core of his team is built to go the distance, and and to circle back on when I got you know sort of. All, the swell of emotions sort of eating me up there. I just want to, you know, remind everyone that to to go back to the old, you know, HSC English and, and all that sort of stuff about the destination and the journey, these losses, as brutally unkind and, and unfair as they are in the moment now, are going to make the big breakthrough all that much sweeter when it happens. And Oh, they will. And I can assure people, um, having been through the tough times in my younger years following the club to when that breakthrough premiership came after having years of heart well years of misery then years of heartache of being almost there um, at having things go against them back in an era where things 
would and could deliberately go against you. Um, when, when you have that breakthrough, it does make it that much sweeter. I know everyone's, oh, I'm as frustrated as the next person. It's, we, we, we want, we crave premiership success. As you've seen tonight, as people, and people have to recognise this tonight, you can come in there and play, play close to your best football Give, literally leave nothing out on the field and there will still be one or two things out of your control which can be the difference in a game. And unfortunately, that is that is sport, that's rugby league, and we saw it at its harshest probably tonight. So, um, yeah, it's that's that. I think that probably sums up my feelings. Yeah, yeah. I am so... so I, I mean, and I cannot express how much I am so proud of this club. You know, to to put themselves in this situation to play that sort of game, like you said, sixties. The talk of the Premiership winner being slammed shut it could not be more greatly exaggerated. This team is going to come back in twenty twenty two, and they're going to kick some asses. Uh, absolutely, and let's look at it this way. Let's let's try to find a positive in this. Um, the success this year would not have been as easy to um, enjoy and participate in. Because we we weren't going to be able to be there. I want I want that big season to happen when we're all there. Now, this didn't mean that I didn't want success this year. I wanted success this year as much as any other year. But if I'm going to take something out of it, if I'm going to try to look for that silver lining, it will be that that breakthrough um, season that that big premiership season is going to come when we can all be there watching the games, watching finals matches in person, being at a grand final in person. So um, if uh, there's plenty of disappointment tonight, but I'll, I'm going to use that as the, as my silver lining, which is that this team isn't, isn't, isn't about to be dropping out of any sort of premiership window this team is still going to be just as strong next year and maybe galvanise just that little bit more from uh, the events tonight. Yes, sir. And like you said, let's finish on a positive note. Let's hand out the uh, final 2021 3-2-1 best on field. Who you got in a, in as, like I said, as good a game as you're going to see, including this year's grand final, I reckon. Uh, that That was such a brilliant, you know, physical, fast, desperate clash between two teams that, you know, absolutely wanted it. Who is going to take your three, your two, your one, mate? Gee, I, I wish I could do like an eight to one, yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah. um, because that's what I feel like I need to be able to do. Uh, I, I And I feel like any anyone that I don't mention is going to be... Um, you know, harshly, harshly done by because I, I feel like I could almost mention it, almost every forward. Um, so forced to go for um, a three-two-one. I'm well. Let's let's take it as the threes, and then the twos, then the ones. Okay. Like so, we'll each give that. So my my three tonight. Um, I'm probably going to go with Reg. Yeah, it, it is hard to ignore the, the big Mo. He was sensational. Um, oh. well, I'm going to go free Quentin Gufferson because they they threw so much at him 
from long kicks to the short kicks, Luai and, and Cleary, and he was just sensational. And he had the big kick return that should have seen Nathan Cleary sinbind. And, you know, there was just another, a number of other good moments for him. That, And bear in mind, he almost had the match-winning try assist if it didn't catch just that bat down from Penrith. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'll go free for the, the captain, Quinton Gufferson. Yeah, I was very close to going the three for him, which means, therefore, that I'm going for my two to Guffo. Yep, and likewise, I'm flipping my points. So if Guffo gets the three for me, Reg will get the two. N- now I'm I'm struggling because... <laughs> Good luck. Um, Good yeah. luck. Hayes, Hayes Dunster, arguably career game, you know, sensational. The young kid, Will Penasini, so good. You know, going out to Murata, brilliant. Junior Paulo, you know, 60-plus minutes, so good physically. Uh, on the bench, Zai Papali and Ryan Madison, both outstanding. Do you pick a name out of the hat, mate, or what, what do you do? No, uh, yeah, see, I, I'm really struggling, and it, and it almost feels like pulling a name out of the hat because... I really like Dylan's work tonight. Uh, Mitch Moses, Junior, uh, he's pretty close to getting the the one. Um, yeah, Murata, jeez, oh, Ice. It's so. This is just a really, really tough decision, as you said as well, uh, Matto. I feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna go if I went. If I went for a back, it just it's it does a disservice for the work that was done through the middle. So I think I have to go with Junior. The two big men polling for you there. I, I like you. I I really want to give Hayesunster a point. I thought he was sensational. Um, the the one error he made was a uh, freaking Quinton Guffson pass that he went up to get and he like he had to go up seriously high to pull it down and then just bring it down the security couldn't quite admit it. Uh, I thought he was so good and really deserved points. The other one, you mentioned him, Dylan Brown, uh, just all around. He did a lot of kicking in this game too, and it was very uh, well-weighted. Um, when Mitch was taking on the line late in the tackle counts, he obviously taking himself out of the option to kick on the last, which meant Dill had to step up, and I thought he did a great job. I, I really liked Ryan Madison and his new role at Lock Ford. That might be the future for him in 2022, um, depending on what we do on the edges and, and whatnot, but... I really like the energy he brought to the middle, so that, that's a, a lot of food for thought there for the next season. I, I think I got to give it to Junior though. Uh, the, that it was a war zone in the middle. He played the entire first half, you know, forty minutes flat out in in state of origin in grand final conditions. Didn't give an inch. Absolutely belted, you know, the, the Penrith Panthers into next week, and you know the only thing he didn't do was offload, and that was fine because the game didn't call for it. Uh, he ran hard, tackled even harder, uh, backed up, gave it his all. And it is so, I use the word unfair a lot, but the opposite of poetic, just in absolute injustice that he's going to be marked down for the error that cost the Eels the game. You know, his knock on there. It, the big man deserves so much better if, if, you know, even the game-winning try there. So, man sports just that this is why you're in it mate this is why you follow sports because there's nothing else like it you know and we're sitting here commiserating and and you know trying to find the positives not we're trying to find the positives the positives so easy the spot but yeah you you left the real what could have been and at the same time you're so proud like where else do you get that sort of crazy cocktail of emotions 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I don't know if there's too much more I can add here right now. I think it's it's going to be one of those nights where um, I'm just going to lay there with the head on the pillow and um, the thoughts will be racing and I'll be, um, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be... It'll be that mixture of why, 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 and if only. So, um, yeah, I think that's – I haven't got anything more I can add, I don't think, right now. It'll be a matter of composing myself for our season review. Yeah, I mean, there's so much to dive into in the post-mortem of the 2021 season, and that'll be covered in depth on TCT via podcast, via blog. Um, you know, we're going to have – I imagine some you know big guests on to help break down all the action and and where it went right and where it went wrong and what it means for the Eels in 2022. And as much as it hurts now, there is so much to be excited for. You know this this team. There's a lot of character there, mate. You know the yeah. The, there's a lot of character. There's a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent that is just starting to realize how good it is. You talk about Mitchell Moses. You talk about Nathan Brown. Sorry, Dylan Brown. Nathan too, mind you. But you know guys like Murata Niakore who have now forced their way into a starting spot. There, there is a lot, a lot to suggest the Eels are on the ascent here and they're, they're going to be kicking down the door. Absolutely, absolutely. So you want to wrap it up here, mate? I think that's a Yeah, I think, we, I think we wrap it up here. And, um, uh, yeah, we uh, – and, and for people who listen to our podcasts, as I said, we will have a, a season review, but there will be further podcasts through the, um, the final series and – the off season and there's plenty that we keep you up to date with here on TCT. So, and, and lots of areas to discuss. And before you know, it, we'll be back to the preseason training reports with fingers crossed that we'll be able to get out there up at old South, up at, old, okay, <laughs> up, at, up, at Nico, up at Kellyville and, um, and be able to watch the boys hit the hit uh, preseason in about eight weeks time. Beautiful, mate. And as always, to those of you who are listening, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for walking and, and sharing this journey with us in 2021. It's been an absolute blast. Ending a couple of weeks earlier than we really hoped, but, you know, the boys left it all out there. And and I hope you had as much fun with the podcast and with the coverage as we did. And we, we hope to dial it up another step in 2022 when hopefully, like 60s just said, things open back up and we can uh, explore some more live coverage with the podcasting and, and some other things as well. So, Thank you so much for making this whole thing that we do at TCT so much fun. Um, it's it is a real great privilege to be able to do this, and you know we hope that you enjoy it as much as we do. And we'll catch you guys very very shortly. Go the Eels.